Hi, and welcome to my CBT podcast. I'm Dr. Julie Osborne, and I specialize in cognitive behavioral therapy. Thanks again for joining me. I hope everyone's staying safe and well as we continue through this pandemic. I wanted to start off my episodes from going forward with sharing a review that I got on Apple Podcast. So I'll be doing this every week, so I hope I'll get more reviews and I can share them with you. So I encourage you to do the same. So this is from Frida. She says, life-changing. As someone who struggles with mental health, this podcast has already helped me tremendously. I'm only three episodes in. Can't wait for more. I love the show so much. Thanks, Dr. Julie. So thanks, Frida. I appreciate you taking the time to rate and review the podcast. It really means a lot. I'm pretty excited. I just hit my 1,000th download in a pretty short time. So I know you're out there listening, and I hope you're benefiting and enjoying the shows. And again, I always encourage you to email me at mycbtpodcast at gmail.com and information you want to share or views or questions that I can add to the show would be great. So today's episode is I'm going to talk about communication skills. When I was thinking about what to talk about this week, I thought with all the things going on with the pandemic and the stay-at-home orders, we're all living together in tighter circumstances and having to be around each other more. and deal with each other's and each other's emotions and having to communicate well is really important right now because we are spending much more time together than normal. And also the stress of maybe even outside of your house, if you're out at a grocery store and you feel like you're not getting enough space from someone else and you need to speak up and ask them to step back, or if there's other family members that want to come and hang out with you or friends and you're not comfortable yet. And how are you going to say that without hurting someone's feelings, but being able to, you know, have boundaries for yourself. So there's a lot of situations that are coming up right now that I think having really good communication skills can be really helpful. So I'm going to give you two different communication skills that you can take away after you listen to the show that can be really helpful. And they do take some practice. Because I know these like the back of my hand and I still get caught up in my feelings sometimes and just start talking. (laughs) So I really have to be mindful when I want to communicate to somebody to think about, you know, what's my intention? What's my message? What are my needs that I want to be met by communicating how I'm thinking and feeling with the person so that we have a good outcome? And so you want to take time and not just react to a situation when you want to communicate. Because, you know, it's hard to take words back and people remember what you said and not that you can't fix things, but it just makes it a little harder when you're more reactive. So just keep that in mind. Think about what is it that my issue is? What is it that I want to communicate? What do I want the outcome to be? Something that I find really helpful that I share with all my clients when it comes to communicating with others is that if it's a family or friend that you're wanting to talk to, there's a good chance you know them pretty well. And what you want to do is you want to use your knowledge you have about the person you want to communicate to, to be able to express to them in a way that they're going to hear you. Okay. So I think most of us just communicate and want to say what we want to say, and we want to say it the way we want to say it. And that doesn't always work. So if I 
understand that some people I can just go up to and start having a conversation and we can kind of process it and work through any bumps. I have people like that in my life. I also have people that I need to say, you know, I need to talk to you. Let's find a time and we can sit down in a place that we feel comfortable with and really talk it out. I also have people that I know that I need to address just one topic at a time and I can overwhelm somebody if I'm bringing up too many subjects. So those are all things to think about because the goal of you talking to someone is to get some need met, whether it's to be understood or maybe a change to happen. So what is it that I need from this conversation and what's the best way to communicate with that person? So I'll give you an example. Like I come home from work. If my husband came up to me and started asking me a couple of things at once, I'm fine with that. I'm good at multitasking. I can handle talk, talk, talk. But I know with my husband, he's better when we just talk about one subject and we sit down, we can talk face to face than me just running in the house and just spewing <laughs> ten, th- 10 different things. It just doesn't work. And that's okay. It's not that one's better than the other. It's just that we know how we can handle that kind of communication and what works best. So that's what we do. And that way, my needs get met, his needs get met, and it works. So it's not about getting frustrated that the other person can't listen the way you listen. It's what is my goal and what are my needs and how can I talk to this person? So there's lots of different things to think about. Some other small tools before I get into the more in-depth ones is it's really helpful also when you approach someone to talk is to first ask them if this is a good time or is there a better time and you guys can set like a date. Up when you're going to sit down and talk or an appointment, however you want to call it, because a lot of times somebody might be involved in something and you just come up and start saying, I need to talk to you about this. And you just, you know, start and they can't focus. They can't give you the attention they need. Then you get mad because they're not focusing on you. And it just turns into a big blowout, which was not the intention at all. And there's a good chance that person wants to have the time to talk and listen to you, but you need to be mindful and just, you know, say, is now a good time to talk? And if it is great, and if not, what's best for you? And you set up a time so that doesn't leave you hanging. And you know that you'll be able to talk at that particular time and think about, you know, what's important. And if the person says, you know, what is it you want to talk about? Just so I know, you know, give them a little bit so they're not left hanging and worrying. People's, you know, minds, all of those automatic thoughts I've been talking to you guys about and all the hot thoughts, which are your thoughts that aren't 100% true can just start running in someone's mind if they're like, oh my God, what does this person want to talk to me about? I got 30 minutes. I don't know what it is. So if they want to have a little bit of an idea, I'd I'd say give them a little bite (laughs) and then set up that time to talk. So that's another little thing you can do is to set up a time that's best. Especially I'd say, you know, with kids too, a lot of times if you say, oh, I need to talk to you, a lot of times they tend to think it's negative. They get nervous. So again, just preface it with, you know, what it's about and what's a good time for everybody to sit down and talk to each other. So I wanna talk about how cognitive behavioral therapy is really beneficial in communicating and A lot of people don't think that it's the best way initially because we're talking about our thoughts versus our feelings. And, you know, everyone's talking about their feelings and how they want their feelings to be different and better. And when you communicate to someone, you know, I feel this way, I feel this way, I feel this way, or you make me feel this way, automatically the other person 
is going to be defensive and start telling you why they don't make you feel that way or why it isn't their fault. So now the conversation is about your feelings and why they think that you shouldn't feel a certain way. And we're not even talking about the issue. So that's why just talking about feelings doesn't really work. And yes, the goal is to change how you feel by changing the way you think, but also the goal is to change how you feel by communicating what you think. So if you have to talk with somebody about a situation that happened, okay, you want to start off with taking the time to figure out what am I thinking, right? So I know I talk about this all the time, but with cognitive behavioral therapy, it's all about what our thoughts are that's creating our moods. So I need to figure out what I'm thinking before I tell somebody that they're making me feel a certain way to even make sense of that, all of it. So let's use an example of when you want to talk to somebody, right? Or you're having a conversation with your partner, your friend, or your kids, and you don't feel like they're listening to you, right? Or they're not engaging or they're not acknowledging what you're saying. So the feelings might be that you feel hurt, that you don't feel important, right? But what are those feelings coming from is our thoughts, which would be most likely that I'm not important to this person. They don't care what I have to say. They're not interested. They don't want to try. They're not even trying to understand. And they're not going to be able to meet my needs. So there's just five quick thoughts I just came up with based on someone not engaging or listening when I'm talking to them. And I don't really know what's going on with them, especially if I haven't asked if this is a good time to talk, right? They could have something else on their mind. So if I'm going to communicate that, I want to say to that person that these are my thoughts and I don't know if they're true, but when I was talking to you earlier, I didn't think that what I was saying was important. I didn't think that you were listening. I didn't think that you wanted to try to make things better based on you not acknowledging with a nod, uh, you know, just even saying, uh-huh, I understand. Can you explain more? So I first want to talk to you about, you know, is this even true that you're not interested in what I'm saying or that it's not important to you or you're not willing to work on it? And be able to let the person answer that. When you share your thoughts, people don't get as defensive because you're, they're your thoughts. And you're not saying you make me think this. You're saying you make me feel this way, but I'm thinking this. It gives that person an opportunity to say, first of all, hopefully, you know, I'm sorry, that's not true. I am interested. You approached me while I was in the middle of doing something for work. So I wasn't able to focus. I wasn't able to stop and maybe turn to you and acknowledge you. And you didn't give me a chance. And that isn't true that I am interested in what you have to say and you are important to me. And if there's a problem, I want to work it out. You can see how that whole conversation just goes so different than if you just kind of attack someone with your feelings and then they're defending themselves and then you don't get anywhere. When you share your thoughts and you say, these are just my thoughts, I don't even know if they're true, but I'm thinking them and I need to share them. It gives that other person an opportunity to clarify or maybe take the time and say, you know what, you're right. I wasn't really taking the time to acknowledge. I wasn't really engaged like I want to be. Let's start over and let's have this conversation again because I want to be there for you and I want to listen. Or let's set up a time. Give me a half an hour. I'm going to finish up this, you know, letter I'm writing and then we can sit down and really focus. So the message you get there, right, is that you are important. The person does care and they weren't really given that opportunity to focus or acknowledge what was going on. And there's no argument. And your feelings will probably be happier. and 
overall feeling a little softer, less stressed, hopefully not resentful. So using your cognitive behavioral therapy tools, okay, is remember whenever you have a negative mood, you want to ask yourself, what am I thinking? And then remember, just because you think something doesn't mean it's true. And you need to express those thoughts to that person that you want to communicate with. And it can really change the whole dynamics. So that's one way to get started regarding communicating better. Let's do another example regarding just dealing with the pandemic, right? So say someone comes home with groceries and maybe you're the person that feels it's important to wipe them down with some soap and water. And the other person doesn't do that when they come home and you're watching them. So you could see how somebody could kind of freak out like, oh my God, we got the germs. We're going to get sick. You need to, you know, clean up the groceries. And the person just kind of, you know, gets angry because you're attacking them because they hear you saying, you screwed up. What did you, what are you doing? You're wrong. You never do anything right. I'm not happy with you. That's what they're hearing, but it's just based on your fears. And it doesn't mean the person won't do that for you or they won't take the time to wipe it down. Right. So instead you need to take a minute and I would express saying I'm feeling anxious because I'm thinking that it's not important to you to wipe down the groceries with this COVID-19 going on. I've shared with you it's important to me. I would really appreciate it if you could do that for me because that makes me feel more comfortable. And I need to know that you can hear that when I share that with you. So that would be a way of communicating. It's important to me, and I would need you to do this for me if you would, and to be able to open that dialogue and, you know, and also be willing to hear what that person has to say to you. So there's all different situations. Obviously, the COVID-19 is a biggie right now, but throughout your life, obviously, you're going to communicate and having to express things to people all day long. So it's really important. Your delivery, the fact that you're owning your thoughts, you're not accusing somebody of making you feel a certain way. All of that is really important when you're going to approach somebody. So the next tools, I want to give you a few other ones that can be really helpful as well that are part of the cognitive behavioral therapy. One of the greatest tools I really love that I've learned is being able to hear when somebody may be upset with me or has a complaint and they're telling me what they're upset about. And for me to take a minute and to find some truth in what they're saying. Because the biggest thing with communication, I would say, is that people want to be acknowledged. And even if you think it's the most ridiculous thing you ever heard, you want to find just a little nugget where you can agree. Because once somebody feels like you've acknowledged and you've heard them, the argument will stop. And you can keep communicating, but the argument stops. Because until you can acknowledge somebody, they're going to just keep going at it, going at it, going at it, right? I'm sure you can think of arguments you've had with people where they'll bring up something and you just keep defending yourself. I didn't make you feel that way. That's not how it happened. And they just keep going at it and going, and you don't understand why they're not hearing you because you're not hearing them or they don't think you're hearing them because you can't acknowledge what they're saying. So it's really important when someone says that you pick on me all the time 
when I'm doing the dishes, I'm not doing them right. Right. And so instead of saying, no, I don't, that's not true. Take a minute and say, you know what? You're right. I do pick on you when you're doing the dishes because I think that they should, you know, be done a different way or I would like them not done a different way. And I can see why that would really frustrate you, right? And make you feel less than or incompetent and probably makes you not even want to do the dishes anymore. So you're right. I do pick on you. And once you can start to practice this, I'm telling you, it just changes everything. I remember the first time I did this with one of my daughters, and I won't tell you who, because they'll probably get upset if I tell them their name and who it was, but she was upset about me with something. I don't remember what she said, to be honest, but she started to walk up the stairs. And I remember all I said was, you're right. And she literally stopped and just was frozen and just looked at me and was speechless because I agree with her, with whatever it was. I said, you're right. What happens, and I think we can all relate, is when we're angry or frustrated with someone and we start to tell them how we feel and we're angry about it, we already got our rebuttal going, right? Like we're already like ready to just, she's assuming because she knows me well, right? That maybe I'm going to defend myself. That's not true. Don't say the word always. You know, this time I said, you're right. I did. I am that way. Or I did do that. And she didn't have anything to say because I agree with her. And it stopped the argument and we were able to finish and discuss and come to a better place than just her being angry, saying something and walking upstairs and then we don't get anywhere. And I feel bad and she feels bad and it's just a mess. So when I practice that and I can find some truth in what someone's saying to me about something they're unhappy with about me, it stops the argument and then we can continue to talk. And I'm just not saying you're right, but I'm talking a little bit more about how they feel about it. I'm repeating what they're saying, you know, saying I can understand why you're so frustrated because I'm not listening, or I always assume you're the one that did it, or I assume you're not going to do something, you know, whatever it is, just take a moment. So again, in your head, if you're like, this is the stupidest thing I ever heard, that's okay to have that thought. You don't need to share it. What part of this can I agree on so we can stop the argument and we can talk more? And when you talk, you always want to inquire and say, you know, did I get that right? Is there anything else you want to share? Am I understanding you? So you're what they call mirroring back a lot of times where you repeat what the person said and you want to make sure you got it right. And then they give them a chance to share how they're feeling or thinking or adding to what you said and making sure that you're understanding where they're coming from. At that point, you can share how you feel. So this isn't just about agreeing and then, you know, making that person just feel wonderful, but it's letting them know, I hear what you're saying. I acknowledge what you're saying. It is a problem. I understand how you're feeling. I hear what you're saying. I've inquired to see if there's more information to tell me. And then I'm going to share how I feel and how I am thinking about the situation and what I would like to be different so we can keep this conversation going. And then at the very end, you want to give some feedback and tell them how much you appreciate that they were able to have the conversation, that even if you're still frustrated, you can always, you know, a general statement would be, I appreciate that you took the time to talk with me. This is a good start. I'm hoping that things, you know, can continue to get better. Just want to end with a positive statement that the person was willing to listen. So again, these are all different tools that you want to practice. And um, there is a really great book, again, by Dr. David Burns, who I've done training with, and I know I've talked about before, 
He wrote a book called Feeling Good Together. Great book, I recommend. And it talks about some of these tools that I'm sharing with you today. And lots of different examples with different couples. And um, it's just a really good book, really good book. And some little self-tests you can take with yourself and your partner to see where you guys are. And again, it takes practice. And there's times, you know, that I'll just start going without thinking. And then I'll stop myself and say, wait, 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 you know what? You're right. I do agree with this or that. It's never too late. If you start reacting, you can stop. You don't have to finish. You can say, hold on, I'm taking a time out. Can we start this over? I want to say, you know what? You were right about this or that, that I did, or I said this. That is true. And I can see why you're frustrated with that. So it's never too late to start over. Don't think you're stuck just because you're reacting. Again, I know this stuff like the back of my hands, but I'm not always great at doing it right away because again, we all react off our emotions because we're human beings and that's just kind of how it goes. So be gentle with yourself with anything that I'm teaching you to have some self-compassion, some grace. It takes time. If you take down notes, if you read this Feeling Good Together book and take notes, it's fine if you're with someone that you're communicating with and you say, I have some notes I want to hold so I do this right. Have them in front of you and just go over them. You don't have to have it memorized by heart. You don't have to be all smooth with it. You just have to say, give me a minute. I'm looking over my tools and I want to really communicate this because it's important to me. Just have them in front of yourself. That's totally fine. You don't have to, again, have it all perfect before you practice. And sometimes I'll have my clients just, you know, we'll learn one part of all the tools maybe with the part where you agree with somebody. And I say, just practice that this week. Don't worry about all the other stuff. Just practice this one thing. And the more you do it and get better at it, it will become more natural for you. And another great thing regarding communicating, which is always an option, is agreeing to disagree. You don't always have to come to a resolution. You don't always have to agree. You just don't want to walk away angry and have resentment with the person that you care about. You want to sometimes just say, okay, you know what? I heard you and you heard me and we still disagree and we can agree to disagree and move on from here. So don't always feel like you got to fix it. It doesn't always have to turn out the way you want it to be. Everyone's not always going to be happy. But if we can at least, I guess, be content with agreeing to disagree is a good place to be. And I'll take that because if the relationship is important, I want to keep moving forward. Sometimes we have to just put things aside, maybe come back to them later. But agreeing to disagree will stop you from just arguing, arguing, and trying to get the person to understand where you're coming from. And just to add to that, I just had a thought when I was sharing this with you is part of that is being assertive, right? And that's another podcast I can do about talking about being assertive. And the biggest thing with being assertive to remember is that it's not getting the other person to agree with you. It's just you're expressing how you think and how you feel about a situation. I think a lot of people think, oh no, I'm, I got to get the person to agree with me. That's not what being assertive is. It's just saying, this is how I think about the situation. This is how it makes me feel. I hope we can have some resolution or this is a way I want to do some problem solving or this is an idea I have. What do you think? And it's okay if you still disagree with me, but I'm just expressing how I feel and want to communicate that with you. That's being assertive. Being aggressive is when you want that person to agree with you and you don't stop until you think they do or they just give in and say, fine. That's it, being aggressive. We want to be assertive, expressing how I'm thinking and feeling, and that's all I need to do, and that's enough. And I don't have to get everyone to agree with me or understand where I'm coming from. 
So if you can communicate this way and work with your family or your partner to also communicate, your conversations can really go far and be so much more satisfying. Because when you feel like someone gets you and you've been heard, it's just a beautiful thing. (laughs) It's a beautiful thing. So I hope these tools are a good start for you. There's more work to do and get more in depth, but they're a place to start if you're feeling frustrated and you don't know how to communicate to a person so that they can hear you. I mean, a lot of times we have someone in our lives that it just always seems to be like the same conversation, right? We never seem to get anywhere. And it's so frustrating because we really do care and we really do want to make things better, but we just don't seem to know how to communicate with them. So I hope this was helpful. And again, my intention is always for you to have some tools to walk away with after the podcast that you feel you can actually start using in your life right away. And these are all great communication skills. So remember my mantra, make decisions based on what's best for you, not how you feel. And I appreciate you listening to this episode of my CBT podcast. I hope you'll join me next week for another episode. If you haven't already, please go to Apple Podcasts rate, review, and subscribe. You can find me on my website at mycognitivebehavioraltherapy.com. You can find me on Facebook at Dr. Julie Osborne. Stay safe and be well. Whoa, Poe Productions.